good morning and welcome to Church Online. I'm here with Steve and with Kim from our children's ministry. Hi guys. Hi. And I'm so excited to be here with them because they're doing some really cool things for our kids with different um, activities and events and drawings and all of that. And Steve, aren't you um, doing like videos and stories? Yeah, every Wednesday and Sunday we're putting up new videos and some activities for the kids. And it's great. Let's take a look. Hi kids, I'm Aunt Kim. We want you to join us Mondays for newly posted marvelous activities. Or watch them anytime. Wow, take a look at all the families and kids who have participated with us. It's so fun to see your smiling faces. And I appreciate you partnering with me as we reach Kids for Christ. Well, marvelous activities are posted on Instagram at nhmarvelouskids. Does your family want to share a craft, a game, a challenge, a special talent with our Marvelous Kids? Well, then I want to connect with you. Email me at kim at newhopehilo.org. God bless you and a hui ho. Thanks, Steve. That looks so amazing. And I just can't wait. And I hope that our kids can plug in. So make sure that you check us out on our Instagram and our website. The link should be appearing below us. And Kim, I know it's the end of the year. This is your part of the year because you just love Christmas and you love um, Operation Christmas Child. So are you getting things ready for that? I am, Pastor Marcia. This year's going to look a little different for Operation Christmas Child, but our box drive starts on October 17th and goes all the way to November 21st. Check out our website. It'll give you all the details on how to get a shoebox and how to participate with your family or small group. Great, and I'm excited about that. In fact, I already built a couple of shoeboxes online, so this is a great way to bless the kids around the world. And this year, they really need that. Well, Kim and Steve, thank you so much for joining us. It's good to have you here, and we'll see you online. Okay, All right. for everybody, the month of October is Pastor Appreciation Month. <laughs> so make sure you let your pastors know how much you appreciate them. I sure Absolutely. appreciate all the work our pastors have been doing. We'll see you guys later. All right. Okay, thank you guys. Bye. Bye. And at this time, we're going to get ready to do the offering. And, you know, it's funny that Steve would have interrupted with the, being thankful for that. The other day, my granddaughter came over, and she's six, and she's learning to do things. Doing school online has been difficult for her, but she was so excited because she drew two pictures for me. And she came in, and she's, Grandma, look what I did. And she had drawn two pictures, and she said, look, this is Minnie Mouse, and she's playing with a ball. And this is Mickey, and he's playing with a ball. And then she gave it to me, and then she just kind of smiled, gave me, a hug and then ran off and it made her so happy and it kind of made me think of that scripture that says that God loves a cheerful giver because you know she wasn't under any compulsion to do that she did it because she wanted to and because she loved me and that's what our offerings are it's not anything that's forced it's something that we get to do because we love God we want to honor him and we want to express that love to him and so we give back to him for what he's already given to us because honestly we're created in the image of God and God is a giver so when we're giving, we're the most like God. So with that said, if you want to give, you can give any of the ways that are listed below us. You can do it online. You can do it on the app. You can do it through the mail, any way that you want. Why don't you bow your heads and let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. It is a privilege to give to you, and we're grateful. We're grateful for the opportunity to receive from you and then to trust you and give back to you. And Lord, we know that you do great and abundant things with what we give to you. So we ask that you would continue to do that. Ask that you would continue blessing 
those who give and blessing these offerings that come in and continue, Lord God, to spread your worth, your name, and your power through this entire world. Because, Lord, we know that this is a world that needs it. So we love you, and we ask that you receive this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today, Pastor Sheldon begins the new series, Your Kingdom Come. And today, Pastor Sheldon will be talking about God's will versus our will. So let's welcome Pastor Sheldon. Yay! Thanks, Pastor Marsha, Steve, and, and Kim for all that you guys are doing. And, and again, thank you guys for continuously giving to our God who is faithful. He's faithful to meet our needs. He's faithful for all of his promises to come to pass. Our part is to trust in him and his will. And so as we kick off this new series today, it's all about his kingdom. But with his kingdom comes his will. That's why when Jesus taught us how to pray, he said, pray in this way. That's when he said, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, his will is very rarely done here on this earth. Why? Because we have the freedom to choose our own will. But if we want to be a part of God's kingdom, then we also want to be a part of his will. Since the beginning of man, God has been giving his vision of what his kingdom is all about, yet mankind keeps trying to build its own kingdom. And with no success, the things we build are so temporary. Not until we come to our senses will we begin to understand that his kingdom is one that will never end. It's an eternal kingdom. So when we talk about our will versus God's will, it seems like a no-brainer that God's will is far greater, better than our will that we want for ourselves. But reality shows us that we are in constant battle with wanting our own will to be done. Only to pray for His will to be done when we have no control over our present circumstances or when things fall apart. Then we say, God, can you have your will done in my life? The problem with that is if we fall so deep into a hole and then we say, Lord God, I give up. I surrender to you. It's your way now. And then what happens is all of this space and the, how deep we are as we say we hit rock bottom, as far as we are, it takes a long time for us just to get back to a place where God can start building the life that he has destined for us to build. So instead of us straying from God and doing our own will and going deeper into the hole, let's start here with God's will and follow his spirit because it's all about his kingdom. We, we're going to go through sickness, disease, financial setbacks, relational setbacks, confusion. Uh, we're going to go through some health ailments. We're going to have uh, difficulties with our children or parents, loved ones, technology, the way the world is going on right now or what is happening in the world right now. We're going to have these things, but stay here so God can build rather than straying away from God or running from God. Because the farther we run from him, the more time the devil has to mess things up so that when we turn back to God and for his will to be done, all of this space, a lot of layers have to be taken care of. And although Jesus took care of all of our sin, we still yet have to go through all of the consequences or results of our disobedience, uh, our turning away from God, mending relationships, 
getting our finances in order. It takes a long time just to get back to a place where God can start rebuilding. So let's start with His will, not our will. His kingdom is already established. It's forever. Ours is so temporary. You know, in Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, once on being asked by the Pharisees, which were the religious leaders who they, they knew the things of God, but they weren't following the things of God. The Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God or the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Nor will people say, oh, here it is or there it is. Because the kingdom of God is in your midst. You know what Jesus was saying? The kingdom of God is always here. You're just not a part of it. You got to make that decision to be a part of his established kingdom. Because his kingdom is eternal. His kingdom never ends. There is no beginning. There's no end. His kingdom has always been. So God's faithfulness is always there. And he will help us to understand about his kingdom. That his kingdom comes. We have the choice to be a, a part of his kingdom or to be a part of our very own. That's why Jesus said it so well. He's responding to some people. In fact, in, in, in the book of John, chapter 4, when Jesus, when Jesus reached out and, and helped a Samaritan woman and, and got some water for her and from the well and, and, and gave her hope, his disciples left and came back to bring food. And so they asked Jesus, are you hungry? You want to eat? And he says, no, I'm, I'm fine. And they're thinking, wait, did someone bring him food? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Jesus took every single opportunity to let them know that the kingdom of God is already in their midst. That the kingdom of God is in their presence. Why? Because Jesus is the king of the kingdom of God. Every kingdom has a king. Ours is King Jesus. That's why we worship him as king. Because he is a king of God's kingdom. And his kingdom never ends. So let's look at how we can learn when it comes to his will versus ours. What's the wise thing to do? You know, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, remember he prayed, not my will to be done, but your will. Even Jesus himself, while he was here on this earth, in his earthly body, prayed to the Father and said, this is how I feel. This is what I'm going through. I don't want to go through that pain and suffering. Is there another way? Yet not my will, but your will be done. In other words, we're going to experience some emotional difficulties. It's going to happen. We can vent with God. We can bring our emotions to God. We can worship Him even though we're going through a difficult time. He accepts us just like that. But in the end, Lord, this is how I'm feeling. I'm mad. I'm angry. I have bitterness, resentment. I'm going through major setbacks. And can this happen? Yet not my will, but your will be done. So here's the wisdom. Here's the first thing. Accept the fact that I will not know a lot of whens. Now, if you're a grammar teacher or you understand, you know, you're, you're very good at, at uh, grammar, this may not make sense, so, but, but, but you understand. Because we may not know a lot of whens. When will this happen? We struggle with when. 
Oh, when you coming home? Oh, when you gonna stop talking? No, oh, when are you gonna fix my car? Oh, when you gonna paint this? Oh, when are you going to talk to the children? Oh, when are you gonna talk to your boss? Oh, when are you gonna get your finances in order? Oh, when are you gonna pay me back? Oh, when are you gonna do the yard? Oh, when are you gonna fix the lawnmower? Like, there's always a when. Oh, when are you gonna shut up? Like, there's always a when somewhere. And so all of our, we, we don't know all of the whens. We would love to know when are these things going to happen. When are all that you're saying, Jesus, when are all of these things going to come to pass? Luke chapter 21, verses 7 through 12. It says this, Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? So Jesus replies, Watch out that you are not deceived. So that doesn't answer the when question. Like Jesus always gives us an answer. Sometimes we're not even asking, but it's the answer we should have been asking or the question we should have been asking for that answer. He knows what we need. We may not be asking that question, but he gives us the answer for what we need. And so he continues, For many will come in my name, claiming that I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes, famines, and pestilences or diseases in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. So basically what Jesus is describing <laughs> is what is happening today. He's saying, yeah, everything you see, I told you it was going to happen. So for many of us, you may be living in fear right now because of this pandemic. Jesus himself says, no, I, I told you that was going to happen. I told you that there would be pestilences in various places. It's going to happen. Then he says, but before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison. And you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of me. Being a part of the kingdom of God here on this earth is very difficult. It's not easy. So if you're wondering, well, why is it like this, this, and this? Because we're here on this earth. But it's such a short amount of time before we're in heaven where everything is perfect. But for now, yes, it's going to be difficult. That's why Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. He didn't say, go pick up your bags, your luggage, your Louis Vuitton bags and come follow me. We're going on a trip. He says, no, no, no pick up your cross and follow me. It's a painful walk. It's a painful life. But here's the encouragement. Luke chapter 21, verses 14 and 15, he continues. He says, but make up your mind beforehand how you will defend yourselves, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Now he's saying, be, just prepare, make up your mind, and, and do not worry beforehand how you're going to defend yourselves, how you're going to be a part of my kingdom, how you're going to continue to walk a life, walk in the life that I've given to you, knowing that you're going to encounter all of these difficulties. That's the first thing of understanding 
our will versus his. We, we don't know the whens. We don't know when certain things are going to happen, but we, but we can beforehand make up our mind how we're going to defend ourselves. And he's not talking about in, in, you know, our second amendment here in America because not everywhere around the world has the right to bear arms. So he's not talking about, you know, weaponize yourself. Although we have, you know, certain rights here in America, he's talking about how you're going to respond between the two kingdoms here on this earth. My kingdom versus the kingdom of man. My will versus your will. How are you going to defend yourself? How are you going to arm up? Ephesians chapter 6 gives us the full armor of God. I would, I would remind you to check that out later and arm up every single day. So it's, it's really understanding that we're not going to know and just admit it already and accept that we're not going to know a lot of whens. We don't know when the end is coming, when Jesus is coming back. We don't know when this pandemic is going to end. We don't know many things. We don't know who's going to be the next president. We don't know who's going to be you know, the next person in office. We don't know these things, but we know that we can make decisions based on the wisdom of God. The second thing is to learn the difference between our will and God's will. Or if you want to personalize it, my will and God's will. Learn the difference between the two. Because it's going to be our choice. And we're going to battle with it. Some time ago, in fact, the other week, uh, I'm cutting some trees in my yard. And uh, here in our county... You can only take uh, green waste uh, on certain days and only a certain amount and only once per household. So very limited in taking this. So all of the tree cuttings that I'll load up in the truck that have to be taken can only be done a little at a time. So one day, uh, I'm, I'm cutting down the trees and then I'm going to load it up and then take it. But in my mind, I'm thinking... I can commit to two and a half hours to do this because after this, I need about 37 minutes to get ready for dinner. And then I need about another seven minutes just to settle in for dinner to get my, you know, my food ready. And then maybe 12 to 17 minutes, depending on conversation, to eat my dinner. And then I have maybe about 32 minutes to spend time with my grandchildren before they go to sleep because I read them a book. I read them uh, The Adventures of Helicopter Gym. We do a prayer. And then I massage their head and their legs. So that takes me some time. So I have all of these different, you know, uh, appointments in my head. So I'm done cutting the trees. I cut enough to take one load, and then I leave the other ones for later. So I walk to the back, and Heidi, who is my wife, she's doing some things, and uh, she says, oh, you're done? I said, yeah, I'm finished. She goes, did you cut all the branches to fit in the truck? I said, no. And then she went like, man. She didn't say man. She just kind of took a breath. Now, we as husbands know the, the face of disappointment. The face of, you didn't finish all of it? How are we going to haul everything? So in my mind, the only reason why I did a portion is because we can only load up that much. Plus, I had other things to do. But as a loving husband, I wanted to make sure that my wife was satisfied with the yard work. So instead of grumbling, I just said, I, I can do it now. And then I finished up. Took, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes to finish up. But now everything else is pushed back. So by the time we're going to bed, it's now 8.30. And our grandchildren's bedtime is 8.30 because they had school the next day. So I'm about to do the routine with them. Read the book, pray, and, you know, 
massage their head and legs, and then uh, I put on 24-7 uh, worship music so that they fall asleep for that music. And it, it's just God's worship over them, uh, our, our worship songs to God over them as they're sleeping. So Heidi comes in and says, oh, bedtime. I'm like, oh, I'm not finished yet. She goes, no, 8.30, we can't compromise, and which is true. We, we made an agreement, which she brought up so lovingly. <laughs> she said, remember, we got, it's the cup. I said, oh, yes, it is. But I didn't read them the book. I didn't do these things. And Heidi was so gracious. She just let it go. And then I got to do that. Well, that night I'm cleaning up, doing some dishes, and I'm thinking, Lord, how do I do this? Because this is what I wanted to do. So Heidi, when you watch this, I already, we already talked about this. But this is what I wanted to do so badly. I said, okay, God, I need Heidi to understand how my mind works. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to draw on a piece of paper. I need a big sheet on where I start and where I finish and all the different scenarios of what, what can happen. So I'm going to start with this block. It's cutting down the trees, and then it's going to go to this block, loading up, and also not loading up. This pile I can do on Wednesday. This pile I can load up. But I'm going to stop now because I only have this much time for the rest of the night, and these are my different blocks that I need to fill in for the rest of the night according to my time because I only have so much time. And so I'm going to write all these things down, but if this happens, then I need to do this. And these are the results of if I choose this. But if I choose this, these are the results. So I have all of these circles and blocks, and so once one thing changes, like when she said, Aren't you going to finish? That's 20 minutes. It moves all of the blocks. Now I have to redo scenarios, and this is happening in my head in a split second, and many of you guys understand this because it happens, and all of these scenarios, and I said, God, i got to draw this out for her so she understands, but it's going to take me about an hour and a half just to draw this out and paint a picture of all the different scenarios of if this happens and this happens, and as I'm doing this, I'm getting frustrated because it's going to take me a long time to just map it out for her. And then as I'm processing this with God, God says, you can do that or let it go and enjoy the rest of your night. And I'm like, but I need her to understand. He goes, after you do this, you think she's still going to understand? You don't even know what's happening in your own mind. Look at this chart. That's your will. That's not my will. My will is different than your will. I said, then what is your will? He said, your relationship with your wife. That's my will right now. That's far more important than your scenario that you present to her. That's not going to change anything. This is not going to change her? No, it's not. You think you can change Heidi after being with her for 30-something years? 35. You think this is going to change her? Let my will be done, not yours. And so I let it go. And then we talked about it later, but by then, it's on the victory side. It's on the side of this is what I had to process with God. You see, you're, we're going to have those battles. But let his will be done, not our will. We change according to His will, not make His will change according to how we feel. You're going to go through those times. And know the difference between His will and our will. That, that's why James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? 
Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill, you, but, and you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask, and when you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. He's saying you're going to have your own motive. It's going to be wrong many times. So my will is going to be better because my motive is always out of love. Yours might be out of anger, bitterness, or trying to make your, your schedule match perfect. In fact, when we had the talk, Heidi said such a great scripture, which I, I, I know very well, but to apply it is difficult. She said, wow, that's interesting that you, you went through that, and, and, even, and I got stuck in traffic one time. With, and so we were talking, and she said, it's amazing how man will plan his way, but the Lord determines his steps. That has helped me tremendously with the way I think. Some of you think in that kind of way. You have a certain schedule, and when one thing changes, everything is, is, is blown out of, uh, of, of proportion. Or, or we blow it out of proportion, but it's everything is now messed up according to our schedule. We plan our way, which is great, but the Lord determines our steps. That's His will. When He determines our steps, we'll end up in a better place than if we planned and determined our own steps. We can't perfectly walk out our plans. But we try, especially in this world. We try to perfect our craft. We try to perfect our life, our careers, the way we do things. We want perfection. But that's the way of the world. In fact, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, reminds us. Don't copy the, uh, uh, verse 2, excuse me. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So many people ask me, well, I, I just want to know God's will for me. Well, go back to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. That's how it begins. On October 30th, we're going to have what we're calling called... 2020, which is our, our live prayer night. So on Friday, October 30th at 6.30 p.m., we're going to have, we're going to have a live uh, Zoom video call that you can be a part of, and we're going to have fasting and praying, uh, and we're going to fast and pray for our upcoming elections, our government, the health of our people, with our spirit, our, our physical bodies, our emotional side of us, and the way we think. So we're going to be praying over all of these things, especially with our relationships. So leading up to the 30th, our prayer team will be hosting a live Zoom video call every Friday night at 6.30 until the 30th. And these Zoom calls will be a great way for us to intercede together, to pray for our nation, to pray for our islands, our state, our local government. And so if you want the Zoom link, then you can either message us on Instagram or you can email us at ask at newhopehilo.org. And that's going to lead up to our, our live prayer night. In Psalms chapter 37, verse 4, the Bible tells us to delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. That's why we want to fast and pray 
so that we can know his desire, so that we can know his will for us, that as we delight in him, as we're fasting and praying, that now as his will is being revealed, we can follow his will. But unless we pray to him, we'll just follow what we feel. But if we only follow what we feel and we don't follow Jesus, we'll miss it. So I want to encourage you to be a part of our called 2020 fasting and praying. And you can choose when to fast, how long to fast. The main thing when you're fasting, the first thing is always to hear God and listen to your doctors. Because for many, fasting, uh, going without food, make sure you drink water, though. Fasting and uh, not going without food or going without food may not be healthy for some people. Or you need certain foods for your health. Make sure you consult your doctor first before you fast. And so when God speaks to it, then we can fast. And that's going without food. This is not a, uh, like a media fast, like no social media. It's food. If you want to include other things, you can do so. But let's start with food. Make sure you're drinking water. And make sure you let your family know what you're doing. And the Bible tells us, you know, don't let people know you're fasting. You know, dress normal. You don't have to broadcast it. But let your family know so that they can prepare too. So that they know, you know, so-and-so is not eating right now. They're drinking water. So they're, they're not wondering, well, you don't like my cooking. Oh, no, I love your cooking. So just right now I'm not eating because I'm fasting. Oh, okay, I got it. Oh, I was hurt a little bit. So make sure you communicate. But we want to do that leading up to the 30th. So be a part of that. I think it'll be great. And watch God's desires become our desires. And then the last thing is to work on being content. Work on being content. This is a tough one because we live in a in a in a society that is all about consumerism. We want the next best thing. We want the newest thing. It's hard for us to, to not be in with the movement of brand new things or high quality. And we always want these things, yet we're in debt. We haven't established our, our financial uh, foundation yet. If you're in your younger 20s, you're not even thinking about retirement, but when you're retiring, you were now thinking, I should have in my 20s. So when it comes to being content, it's really coming to God and saying, God, what are my needs? For some of you, you want to build a home, but you're not content. You still want things. You want to build a home. You want to move into your own home. You want to purchase your own home. But you're still buying things. You're still not content with what you already have, and you have to have things. You're still eating out. You're not saving money. Boy, but you want this home. Well, you're going to have to sacrifice somewhere. Either you're going to sacrifice your future home that you want to get, or you're going to sacrifice the pleasures now. Either way, God, what is your will? If your will is for me to own my own home, then right now i got to make these sacrifices. For Heidi and I, that's what we did. We had to make major sacrifices while our children were growing up, rented for about 10 years. And in, those 10 year, in that 10-year time, we, we made decisions that were very critical very difficult. While everyone was going to concerts and eating out and doing these things, going to movies, we said we were not able to. Why? Because we're saving money for the future. We sacrificed 10 years for our future home for the rest of our lives. Otherwise, what will happen is we're going to continue to make sacrifices that sacrifice the future home 
and we're doing these things forever and we'll never get to this place so go back to am i content am i content with where i am with what i have not complacent complacency is different complacency is i'm i don't care like it's just bare minimum i do things with mediocrity but being content in fact paul says it like this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13, he says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. And he's talking to the Philippians, the church in Philippi. He says, I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. In other words, Paul is saying, being content can be learned. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. In other words, every situation is going to be different. Every season is going to be different. So we have to learn in every season, whether it is with a full stomach or empty or with plenty or little. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Paul brought it back to his relationship with Jesus. See, God's kingdom is one of being content that his will that his grace is enough his grace is sufficient that word content means sufficient for one's self strong enough or possessing enough to need no aid or support independent of external circumstances contented with one's lot or how life is for you you're content with that it's whatever cards are given to me in life it's not the issue the issue is how i'm going to play those cards out you're content with one's means what you have even though it's little, you're content. I love how Jesus said it in Matthew 6, and I'll end with this scripture. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He's saying, seek first the kingdom, then everything else will be added. Why? Because the kingdom is the most important part of everything you're going to be a part of. Other, rather than I'm going to have all of these things but I miss the kingdom I will never be satisfied or content but when you have the kingdom of God because it is here in your midst you'll be content and because you're content everything else can be added and there are times when you're so content I thought I needed that but I actually don't need that why? because I'm content I'm a part of his kingdom it's all about your kingdom his kingdom come be content God is to provide he's the provider he will always provide exactly what we need and let him have his way when Jesus says seek he's using a word that means seek in order to find so seeking the kingdom of God is not just saying oh, okay I want to be a part of his kingdom no you, you sh you're seeking in order to find the other day my uh, second oldest grandchild his name is Landon comes popping out of our closet and he he might he probably was in there for a couple of minutes because i was in the room i didn't even see him he comes out of the closet all sweaty he's sweating and i'm like what are you doing in the closet he goes we're playing hide and seek i said who are you playing with he said oakley and oakley's the youngest i said where's oakley he goes i don't know but i was hiding in a good spot i said yeah you're hiding in a good spot but is oakley even looking for you so we go into the living room. Oakley's not even looking for him. Oakley's watching a YouTube video. 
And so Landon is like, Oakley, how come you're not looking for me? He goes, it took too long. And Oakley's seven years old. It took too long. He's like, I was waiting. I was sweating, you know. I thought, that's the kingdom of God. We know what we are supposed to be doing, but if we're just relaxing and not even seeking, we're not even going to find. Seeking the kingdom of God means you're active. You're looking for the kingdom of God. But Jesus said it well. It's not going to be here or there, for the kingdom of God is in your midst. He says, if you search for me with all of your heart, seek me, you will find me. Why? Because it's not so much that we have to look. He's already there. It's removing everything that impedes the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in our midst. We have some reflection questions and because a common question is, why didn't God just make, make everything good and nothing bad happen? Because then everything would be perfect. Well, he did. Jesus is God's perfect plan. He's, he's the fail-proof plan. The question is, will we accept his will or our very own? And here are the questions. What is the most difficult part of not knowing when concerning issues you face? The second thing is, what stood out for you learning about God's will versus your will? And then what areas can you work on learning about being content? And you can review these questions and kind of ponder on it. But may our food today be to do the will of Him who saved us and to accomplish His work. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that we get to learn from you, to pray to you, to receive your word, to reflect on these questions, but also to seek you out because the kingdom of God is in our midst. You're here. We just need to sift through all that is blocking and impeding this relationship with you. So open our eyes, open our hearts so that your will would be done in our lives versus our own will. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we all sit together. Amen.